0: You are listening to The Riding NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. Welcome everybody to the Ride In, week 11. Review of my cash lineup and a look ahead to the Monday night showdown between the Buccaneers and the Rams. So this week was a good week. Um, thanks to Keenan Allen, uh, he was kind of the deciding factor. you know when when we did the podcast on Saturday and talked about what I thought was going to be the deciding factor, I said that I thought it was going to be the 5k running backs you know picking the right 5k running back. They all ended up you know within like seven or eight points of each other so it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, it was Keenan Allen, right? If you, if you didn't have Keenan Allen or even you know Devonte Adams kind of, got there at the end. Um, but one of those two, or maybe Adam Thielen, he really wasn't too popular in cash though. Um, you, you needed that build, right? If you went Kamara and Cook, or you know if you paid up for two high priced. Running backs, you probably didn't get there. Um, unfortunately, if you went Joe Burrow, you probably didn't get there thanks to an injury, you know, that you always hate to see that. We've had our fair share of that this year um, on the ride in. But, so my lineup went like this. Taysom Hill at quarterback. And that's, I mean, I'll go through my thought process for everything, but uh, Taysom Hill at quarterback, Dalvin Cook and Kalen Balazs at running back with uh, Giovanni Bernard, Bernard at running back as well. And I'll kind of hash out how I landed on those 5K backs. Um, Keenan Allen, Brandon Cooks, Jacoby Myers, TJ Hawkinson, and the Dolphins defense. So I was worried, um, and I made that known about Taysom Hill. And, you know, after the first couple of drives, I was even more worried because he really didn't look great right he didn't look sharp he was he was completing his passes but they were short passes they weren't getting anywhere he had like 70 yards passing no yards rushing I was I was even firing off tweets like why are they using him like he's Drew Brees you know they had the ball inside the five yard line a few times and he's dropping back and trying to fire balls into the end zone on every on every play just run the football they kind of got their heads together um, and figured out how to use him in the second half they were he ran a bunch At the goal line, scored two touchdowns, 25 DraftKings points. Um, You know, he just really, I thought that at his price and the amount of rushing upside that he had, it was kind of a no-brainer. I wouldn't have faulted anybody for going to Joe Burrow or Deshaun Watson or Justin Herbert. But I just thought that Hill made a ton of sense at his price. And I already mentioned this, the opportunity cost. Of rostering Hill on this slate wasn't um, you know, something that we had to really keep in mind because there was no Kyler Murray, there was no Russ Wilson, there wasn't a stud that was going to put up 40 on this slate. Uh, so Hill was the reason that I went there. Um, I had mostly Roethlisberger and, and Herbert in tournaments. Um so it wasn't it wasn't too bad of a day in tournaments as well. Dalvin Cook, you know, just get him in your lineup. It's just first of all, the efficiency is insane. The Vikings are a very good run blocking team, but Dalvin Cook, you know, just their scheme, the way he runs the ball, he is ripping off 8, 10, 12 yards at a clip and I don't think it's going to stop anytime soon. He just gets so many touches. Even he even had five catches today, which was great. Um, the reason I didn't have Kamara in my cash game lineup, obviously he's very expensive, but you know the main reason was Taysom Hill being the quarterback. I you know you just have to project Kamara for me, much less work in the passing game, and then you know we saw it happen. Um, a, a few carries at the goal line for Taysom Hill just obliterates his value you know if Kamara had all those rushing touchdowns today it would be a different story but with Taysom Hill at the goal line and he's a hog he he you know he did give Kamara the ball once on a read option but normally he's pulling that ball um so I would, I went uh, so for these 5k backs and we talked about it um I, I my favorite was Kalen Balaj. I just thought that the game script was gonna be there. He was involved in the passing game the last two weeks, and it showed. You know, he didn't get there on rushing forty-four yards rushing, but seven catches for thirty yards. I mean, that's just a, a great floor there. He he sank my heart uh, in the first on the first drive because he left limping pretty bad, which you know could have been could have been terrible. Um, but he ended up coming back, going for 14 DraftKings points, and that was fine. Gio Bernard, um, I, I I went Gio Bernard, and we talked about this on Saturday. My favorite in order was Balaj Gibson, Bernard, Duke Johnson. Um, and I, I noticed that the Duke Johnson gained a lot of traction. I don't know somebody had a, have been tout touting him uh, on like their their live show late before lock because Duke Johnson came in at like 25% in a lot of double ups. So uh, he was my least favorite of the 5k. You know, he's been super inefficient. He's, he's a third down back. You know, he's not, he's a good running back, but he has just been so inefficient this year. I didn't think that Watson would target him a ton. And I, I thought Giovanni Bernard was just a better play. It ended up not being the case. Um, you know, they scored right around the same amount of points. I think Bernard beat them by three or four, but Bernard had it going. Bernard had four catches for 37 yards and like 18 yards rushing in the first half. He had like nine, 10 points in the first half, and then Burrow gets hurt. Everything goes downhill for the, the Bengals from there. Um, I tried to to get Devonta Adams in. You know, I tweaked with the lineup, and I just liked it better with Keenan Allen in the lineup. I mentioned it on Saturday's podcast as well, that Sports Info Solutions shot us that stat, that Keenan Allen is targeted at the second highest rate when they're facing zone coverage, and that the Jets play the most zone coverage, so that just made sense to me to get him in there. And it was the truth, you know, that it it came to fruition. He was targeted a ton, nearly 20 times, um, ended up with 16 catches for 145 yards and a touchdown. He was the difference basically this week. Uh, So Brandon Cooks, he also had it going. Um, In the first like quarter, he was three for 70 and he only ended up four for 85. After he got it going, they stuck Stephon Gilmore on him and the, the Texans kind of started going away from him, so Will Fuller and the tight ends kind of started to pick up the production a little bit, but he scored a touchdown that got called back, Um, he was, you know, 12 points, 12 and a half points from a 5k wide receiver isn't terrible, but he could have done so much better, he had a TD call back, like I said, and you know, that would have given him about 20 DK points, that would have been a smash week for him. From there, Jacoby Myers. I mean, Jacoby Myers was like a free square type. He was gonna be sixty, seventy percent on, which he was. Um, you know, he only goes three for thirty-eight or whatever, but um he was like a kind of like a fear of missing out, you know, if you don't play him and he goes off, you kind of lose type thing. So I, I personally liked Jacoby Myers, but it was Demir Bird week, apparently. TJ Hawkinson was pretty much for me the top play at tight end. Um, I, I, I tried to get up to Mark Andrews. Like I toyed with getting up to Mark Andrews, um, and I toyed going down to Dallas Goddard. But in both instances, it just messed my lineup all, all kinds of ways. So I stuck with Hawkinson. He had a solid four for 68. Um, Goddard guys got there <laughs> on like the last play of the game. They threw Goddard a 10-yard touchdown, garbage time city. Um, but what can you do? And then the Dolphins defense. I am just hooked on the Dolphins defense. I don't know if I am going to be any more. Um, they looked good to start, but you know the Broncos, who have been terrible on offense, just absolutely shredded them up. Um, and I never like to pay up for defense, but you know with Jacoby Myers, Brandon Cooks being two of the wide receivers I rostered, they were cheap. Taysom Hill, you know when you spend up, when you only spend forty eight hundred at quarterback. You have a lot of room to, to work. Um, the Browns are my favorite defense. And I paid up for the Dolphins. And that cost me a bunch of points there. So um, you live and you learn. But this was a 70% cash lineup. Won um, 70% of my head-to-heads. Uh, easily cashed in double-ups. Interesting to note that this lineup was actually way better than a 70% tile lineup. Um, before... Devante Adams caught two passes at the end of regulation to put himself over the 100-yard bonus. I was winning like 84% of my head-to-heads. And um, I don't know, there must have just been like a, like a very similar lineup to mine that had Devante Adams. So I went from winning 84% of head-to-heads to 70% of head-to-heads. Um, the Colts could have iced the game in about... 10 million ways but they decided to continually hold continually throw the ball and they ran about 20 plays in a minute and a half and gave the ball back to Green Bay and on that drive like they literally could have just iced it ran the ball a couple times not gotten any penalties drained Green Bay's last remaining timeout or two and then you know just gotten the first down game over but they threw about five incomplete passes held on every play and you know they ran off like 8 seconds and, and gave the ball right back to Green Bay it was absolutely maddening and then on the ensuing possession Devonte Adams had like two catches for 50 yards that put him over the um 100 yard bonus so i mean i got i have a sour taste in my mouth for Frank Reich at the moment um if that ever had cost me double ups, like if that had ever, if that had ever put me from cashing to not cashing in double ups, I probably would have lost my lid. Um, so, I'm glad it didn't. All right, let's move on to Monday night. Um, I'm gonna tell you the game script that I'm probably going to look at the most here is a slugfest I think both defenses can kind of overpower the opposing offenses despite the fact that both offenses are really good you know like the Rams have great skill players the Bucks have great skill players I think the defenses are going to shine tomorrow night and I think a lot of people are going to overown the offensive players so that's just something to take a look at and when that's the case you kind of want to get pass catchers into your captain spot One piece of information that you should know is the Rams did the same thing out of the bye this year that they did last year. Cooper Cup came off the field almost half the time last week out of their bye. He played about 53% of snaps. Now, he was playing much more before that. Last year, the same thing happened. At about this point in the year, Cooper Cup only started playing in three wide receiver sets. And they started playing a lot of two tight end sets. Um, And that's the same exact thing that happened last week. I don't know if that continues, but it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, You know, Tyler Higbee, Josh Reynolds, and Robert Woods all played 80% of snaps last week. Gerald Everett played 60%. Cooper Cup played 53%. Now, his wrist was a little banged up. That could have had something to do with it. But we could see them kind of run this. Two tight end set with Cooper Cup off the field a lot now coming down the stretch. So I think I'm going to be underweight on Cooper Cup. That's one thing I'm going to tell. I'm going to say that is a strategy because I think he'll be over-owned relative to, you know, his salary-based expectations. Um, and I, I love Josh Reynolds. I think he's coming into his own. He's going to have a pretty big end to the season. I think you can get The Rams tight ends in there a little bit more than everybody else since they're on the field a ton. And I don't know if everybody knows that those two tight ends are on the field more than Cooper Cup, So I like that. Um, On the Buck side of the ball, my favorite play is Chris Godwin. Um, And I think Antonio Brown could have a breakout game here as well. Brady looked really comfortable throwing to him last week. The because Antonio Brown is now on the Bucs, he's kind of sucked the life out of all of their ancillary plays, you know, like Scotty Miller and those type guys just don't, I don't think they have much upside going forward. Tyler Johnson, Cameron Bray, all the, the secondary tertiary pass catchers don't love them. Um, so I'm probably not going to focus too much on them. Um, yeah, so Josh Reynolds... And Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown are probably my favorite pass catchers. Um, You know, you could sprinkle the QBs in and stuff, but I think it's going to be a slugfest, so um, don't be afraid to rotate in those defenses and kickers. That'll do it. I'll be back. Hopefully there isn't too much crazy COVID uh, injury-type stuff going on in the middle of the week so I can get a midweek podcast going. Um, So be on the lookout. And I will be doing a... Thanksgiving Slate podcast as well. We're approaching one of my favorite weeks of the year, the three-game slate on Thanksgiving while you are absolutely comatose from eating too much stuffing and cranberry, it doesn't really get much better. I will also be doing a uh, a giveaway of a DraftKings entry. Um keep an eye out on Twitter and I will let you know how you can win uh, a free entry into a DraftKings contest for Thanksgiving. Kind of my way of saying thanks for everybody, um, you know, downloading the podcast, etc. All right, I'll talk to you in a few days for the Thanksgiving slate.